notifications. We get a lot of them. And they can be really handy to bring something important to your attention. But with more and more devices and apps that are calling out to us, it can get noisy and confusing and overwhelming. Which kind of defeats the whole purpose of notifications in the first place, right? This is absolutely the case on a day-to-day in our business and personal lives, but particularly in healthcare. Well, in this episode today, I speak to David Paré, Chief Technology Officer at Alinqua, who are helping hospitals optimise their workforce, healthcare and patient outcomes with unified communication, location and mobility solutions. In this episode, we talk about operational workflows in hospitals, alarm fatigue in healthcare, and the importance of integrations and partnerships amongst healthcare technology, and a lot more too. Collaboration starts with the conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. David, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, thank you for inviting me into the, we'll call it the Linkwa studio today, but the Linkwa <laughs> office up here across in Perth. But I like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe have to leave some of the gear here to give you a little studio for afterwards. But look, to set the context, tell us a bit about you and your background firstly. Yeah, sure. I joined the Linkwa around June, so like four or five months ago. So before that, just to give you a little background where I come from, I was a CTO for healthcare and life sciences for DXE for ANZ for about five years. And then DXE sold their healthcare business to a big European company called the Dallas. So I ran a software product team of about 300 people, 20 products, 15 countries for about two years, just before I came here to take over. And some of our responsibilities as part of CTO is everything product related to engineering, as well as product strategy and thought leadership. Got it. Pretty fun. Yeah, excellent. And last time we spoke to someone from Alinqua, we had Arthur on the show a while ago. So it's been probably over 12 months. Talk to me about what's been keeping the business busy over the past 12 months. It's a big 12 months. Because remember, like as of two years ago, there's about 10 people in the company and we grew for about 18 months for about uh, 50. Wow. So it's a massive, massive growth in the company. So we're really doubling down into creating a better product, more feature, better serve our customers, really. So this is more, and me coming in around organizing and structuring the work a bit more to make sure that we can, you know, get the best of our team and then to our customers, basically. Yeah. And so what would you say has been the core of some of the work that's been going on with Alinqua at the moment? Well, we have a platform that's been in the market for about 10 years. Part of it is is making sure the platform can scale to bigger, broader things because we're looking at the US, for instance, and other markets. Yep. And part of it is just refocusing on what else is the market in needs. And, you know, we started very focused on alarm management, for instance, and integration. And we're moving into things like incidents and task management and the rest and stuff, stuff like that. So, yeah. so this point around alarms, there's a lot of things that make noise in a hospital and a lot of, you know, the attention of a frontline healthcare worker is often sought after. Talk to me a bit about the current state of alarms and notifications and things that go bing within a hospital setting. What are yeah. hospitals dealing with? It's pretty bad. I was reading actually last week a report and they say that for another hospital in the US and then around Australia is a similar thing, between 70 and 100 alarms per day per patient in a hospital. Wow. Okay. So that could be thousands of alarms per day across the whole world. And that's includes operational and clinical alarms. So you need to separate the two. One is things like your blood pressure and your EKG monitor and those things, SpO2 level, a little thing you put in your finger, that would that go beep. That's very clinical. Yes. We tend to focus more on the operational side. So things like the fire panel at the nurse call. So 
you know, the big red button on the red, so better press that. Fire alarms, uh, security could be the helipad alarm, the helicopter is coming up, you know, temperature of our fridges is going down or up. So we want to make sure that doesn't go down. So today the issue is there are a plethora of systems and there's more and more of them in the future. So you end up with a system for the building management stuff. There's a system for the nurse call. There's a system for the, the fire paddle. And there's another one for the pager and one for the duress. And you end up with five, six, and 10 systems and they're not integrated. So what happens is you get an alarm on your SMS, you get an alarm on an app, you get an alarm on a pager and they're very simple things. So they do very simple, basic things like, oh, here's an alarm, I'm going to send a message here. And that's it. So it's quite difficult for operational people to go around and know where to go, where to look, what to do. Because it's all very manual and they're all very siloed across the different systems. Yeah. So. And so this is the space that you play with Alinqua. So is part of your role to try and bring some of these disparate systems together or is it to just overlay everything and do everything? How do you kind of approach that given there's so many different things happening? How do you consolidate it? Yeah, well, that's part of our claim to fame, really. A lot of the competitors actually have a play of closed ecosystem. So you go in and you buy all my stuff and I'll do everything. But that's not reality. It doesn't work like that in, in real life. Because we work like with builders, for instance, and no one does everything. Yes. Even if you wanted to. It'd be price prohibitive anyway. Yeah. So what we do is we play with everyone. So we come in and we, we do the integration of all the back-end operational stuff, the hard stuff. Because it's... Remember some of these like pager legacy systems, some of them is not even digital. It's like analog, right? Some of these fire panels are 30 years old. Even the new buildings are built with old technology because these haven't evolved in 25 years. So what we do is we talk the old crappy, difficult language of protocols and we integrate all that. And then we provide a single place for all that data to come in. And then we can trigger the alarms in different channels, depending on what you do. Like it could be an SMS to buy a phone, an in-app message, be an Spectralink phone on the bedside, like these little weird phones that the nurse would go around with in the hospital, uh, things like that. So we kind of broker all this, make it as simple. And we lower the cost because we can play with everyone. We don't have to build all our stuff. We can with everyone. Once you aggregate all that data, you end up with a very good view all the operational side of the hospital, what's happening around the alarms, which is pretty cool. Got it. So it's kind of like putting a skin over the top almost of, you know, you've got all the things existing and operating, but then to bring it all onto the same level and to see it all properly, it's, that's where you guys. Yeah, pretty much actually. Yeah. And people don't think about this because you go to a hospital, you think you care about your patient care and the clinical stuff. You don't think about what's happening in the background. Well, if there's a fire and you don't know, then there's a problem. If there's, and there's getting attacked in the world, you need to know like some basic things. If there's a spoil and it's not clean or there's a, uh, you know, something weird happening, you need to make sure all this happens and it's getting taken care of. Otherwise you care. Yeah. And work. And it's, you know, those things that are low frequency, but high, like a big issue when they actually happen. So the occasional actual fire alarm that's legitimate, that you don't hear it every day. So if there's a failure, if it doesn't work properly, then, you know, it's a big issue when it does happen. So ensuring that these things are right up front, um, yeah, makes for the whole experience. Just on that point, remember that there's hundreds and hundreds of these little things in the hospital that go bing. Mm. From the air conditioning temperature to the vaccine fridge temperature to the fire paddle. And they all have some kind of threshold of when something happens to just pop an event, which may be acute or not. It could be just a warning. But per day, there'll be hundreds of those. We've got thousands of these alarms popping up everywhere. So it's not like a random events would be someone coming in with a knife or, you know, or a gun. But otherwise, there's a lot of like milder alarms, if you will, happening all the time every day. Yeah. And I guess with those, you want to make sure that you're not just contributing to the noise. You're alerting people to things that actually, it's not just, just so you know, the fridge is still okay. It's, you know, like things that are actually need niche and attention, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's the added value. So the basic part is, is the alarm, we need stuff as the basic and then treat an alarm. That's easy. That's what most people do. But what do you do with that alarm? That's what gets interesting. 
And it like, I brought this one just so you, so you can see, this is a duress tag. Mm. So nurse would walk with this. If you get aggressive, you just press a button and that triggers an alarm. But that alarm is interpreted in a system as a cold black, which is an aggression. Something's happening and it sends security. So it triggers a workflow, call security, go and do something. Got it. Right. So this is where it gets interesting because some of these incidents are, uh, have different, there's Code Blue, which is a medical agency. So when something happens, a patient crashes, something happens, there's a MET team called MET, so MET team, medical emergency team, which is already co-configured in a system. And then when it happens, it just triggers, they get all, you know, either on their phone or somewhere, some kind of, I'll take it, I'll go. And they all go and do what they have to do for your care. So you can trigger yourself and manage your workflow at different levels. This is where the value gets really interesting because you actually, or, you know, if there's a spill on the floor of something, then... Send a cleaner. There's a task going out and going to move that patient, go clean this or go move that patient from here to here. So to help with the flow of patients in the hospital. So we'll get a bit more kind of sophisticated and what we do with the alarms. It's not too often you hear a CTO or someone more focused on the technology side speak so much about workflow, you know, like that. so that sounds like it's really important for you that understanding not just how the thing works and make sure it works properly, but how people use the platform as well. It is what we do, right? So the product I'm building is useless if users are not using it. And if they only use it, if it solves the problem that they have, right? So with my product team really focused on, let's be passionate about the. If you've been kicking around this industry a bit like me, or maybe even you're brand new to digital health, you've probably worked out that health tech is not an individual sport. Whatever you're trying to achieve, whether you're delivering healthcare for patients or you're building health technology, or perhaps you're helping deploy solutions across health systems, you need a tribe, a community of like-minded individuals who just get it that if we're going to transform healthcare, then technology is going to play a huge part in it. So to learn and connect about health tech and level up your game, consider joining our THT Plus membership community. We've got options for every stage of growth, whether you're a solo individual or a startup or scale-up company. As an individual, you get access to our exclusive community forum, you get a warm intro to two other members from me each month, you get free access to our quarterly virtual summits and a bunch of other exclusive goodies. Companies can bring team members into the community, plus you get a presence on our website as a THT Plus member, you can post content like news events and jobs, and of course, we love to showcase our members. So when you join as a company THT Plus member, you'll get to appear on this podcast with your very own episode. This podcast is made possible through the support of our members. It's literally the heart of everything we do. So consider joining as a THT Plus member. You can join anytime online. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash THT Plus. Problems so we can solve them rather than the feature because the feature is important, but if it doesn't solve the problem, it's useless. Yeah. And so with all of those different systems that you're integrating with and pulling information up as, you know, talking the technology side for a second, do you need to bring those all into a new standard format or like what is behind the scenes? You know, if we pulled the curtain back and looking at how you're actually connecting all these bits and pieces, how does that actually all kind of work? That's a good question because that's part of where we want to go in the future because there's no unique standards today for all these things, right? And that's something that's required. So we build our own internal standard, if you will. So we have adapters that connect all these things, hundreds of different systems. It converts it to our own standard and that's how we store the data in our database. And then we, from there, they can trigger what you want based on the workflow you want, not business rules you want based on that. So unfortunately, there's nothing there in the future that, that exists today, but what we're aiming to do potentially in the future with open source, that standard we created uh, for others that use it and benefit from it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, there's standards around patient information, even though, you know, there's different levels of standards and fire standard, HL7 and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to just those general notifications and alarms and systems that come out, that's irrelevant to that area. 
No, there's nothing. Look, like the fire panels, you use like serial cable, like you had yeah. in, the, in the 90s, you know, like yeah. connecting your, your printer with it. There's nothing there. These things are 30 years old. They don't care. Yeah. And from your side, then looking at, you know, we talked a little bit about the future, about what your, you know, that would be one area and looking at how to then make this standardized information public. But what's on the horizon? What's on the roadmap for you and Alinqua in building out the products? What can we look forward to seeing in 2023 and beyond? Well, actually, one of the biggest things we're working on is this role-based directory, which is allows you to, when you trigger these incidents, for instance, in these more sophisticated elements based on the alarms, either a task or an incident or, or a message, it's role-based, meaning that it could go to you, Peter, you know, as a doctor, or it could go to a doctor on call or on duty, which happens to you, Peter, at that point in time. Or I want to have a task sent out to all the cardiology registrars on duty on this floor. So then, you know, you get a lot more sophisticated into what you do, because sometimes what happens is not a lot of people actually named in these hospital, right? So it's yeah. just a role. I need to talk to the guy on call, the girl on call now. Who is she? Who is he? That's very difficult to know because this information is in a spreadsheet somewhere. It's in a, maybe an on-call rostering system. Maybe it's a spreadsheet. Maybe it's in a active directory. Yeah. So we need to consolidate all that information into a single source of truth and we can trigger events based on that. So that goes as much for task and incident would be for a conversation on group chat. For instance, you can have all the people on duty or the different types of clinicians who want to chat, like they do in WhatsApp today, but in a more like safe place, if yeah. you will. The other thing we're doing as well is right now, a lot of our customers, we have about 100 customers in Australia. Most of them are on-premise. We're starting to see a shift into cloud. Mm. More like we do SaaS on-prem, but it's a bit more of a hybrid model. But right now that we have, for instance, Vic Hart the Hospital in Victoria, the whole hospital is cloud first which means there's no infrastructure locally except for the minimal basic stuff. So all our stuff is hosted on Azure, for instance. And we're starting to see a shift a bit more in acceptance and recognition. You know what? Cloud can actually work for mission critical and it can work for healthcare. Obviously, the biggest issue is, well, what happens if the cloud is not available because my network failed? That's less valuable for the city, but if you're in a rural area, that, that will happen for sure. So the way we cater for this is having an edge appliance on the infrastructure of the hospital. So if something happens with the connection to the cloud, it can still connect to your application on premise, but in a low, like more smaller, cheaper way, if you will. Yeah. And does that open up then for opportunities to do things outside of the hospital walls as well? Like, so virtual care and all those kind of bits and pieces, do you play a role in that kind of stuff too? Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, that we see the big push around hospital, the homes, and most, it's funny because people, and actually my previous role was all about out of hospital care. So I know quite a bit about that space. So the funding is all through primary care. But if you look at who's actually doing the work, who will coordinate that care in the future is hospitals. They're the ones providing in-home, uh, either medi-hotels or hospital in the home, or they all have different names for it. And they basically be providing a bunch of devices at the home. You can monitor you, you get a nurse to go to your home. So it'd be the same, it'd be an extension to the hospitals. And this scenario, we could do the same thing and monitor all the alarms in the home and raise events or, you know, incidents for somebody to go and do something based on that. Yeah. Uh, another big use case is aged care. Since the Royal Commission, uh, it's a lot of issues. And now they have, actually every aged care facilities, they have to have measures. Things like how many minutes are we spending with each resident every day? So how do you do that? Well, you need to monitor. And then we move into another part that we play in, which is things like asset tracking and people tracking. So you need to move an infrastructure to do that. But then once you have the infrastructure in place, like technical here, but like BLE and energy Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or lower WAN. So these new protocols allow you to track at different levels of accuracy, either people or things. So in this case, you could be able to, in case of HK, you could put some sensors around and you would know, you know when that person comes in the room, gets out of the room. 
and monitor, you know, wandering and all kinds of different use cases on that. Yeah. Cause you couldn't rely on somebody constantly logging that kind of information. So being, having that kind of technology that works behind the scenes to be able to capture that information with confidence, it would be pretty important. I'm just thinking, you know, you mentioned that you've got something like a hundred customers here in Australia and beyond that, and looking at different settings, not just in the typical healthcare environment. I'm thinking about implementations here. Like you say, some facilities have spreadsheets and different active directories and all these different systems. So this implementation side, it's even though you mentioned there's a SaaS kind of model, which brings to mind in other industries, kind of just, you know, do your own onboarding and away you go. I would think the implementation side would be quite hands-on from your side and getting hospitals set up. How do you work with these hospital settings that have all these you know, disparate systems and all that and bring them all together into that one kind of way? I assume that implementation side is quite lengthy. Well, it depends on the complexity, obviously. Right? If you have, like, if you take Westmead, for instance, in New South Wales, we integrated 49 systems for them, right? That's quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's quite a unique case. But remember, like, so we're channel first partner company. So we, for the foremost, we build software and we have partners who go and implement. We also do a lot of infrastructure ourselves, but in the future, we're moving more and more to a space where others will implement our technologies to give us more scale, if you will. So the rest, the rest, I mean, once you have the infrastructure in place, the software is not that difficult because connectors exist. It's more configuring. And so it's mostly a business analyst kind of function where you need to go and sit down with the hospital, various teams and go, right? So your medical emergency team, who's they? How do they roll? What's the business rule? When you want to raise it? When you monitor fridges, the temperature in the fridges, what's the threshold? So that fridge is for vaccines, this one is for that kind of medication. What is the low and high threshold so we can raise an alarm? And when I raise an alarm, what do I do? Who is it we go to? So all these little things, is more like workshopping with them, how they're going to configure the application and how they're going to use it. So we make it seamless for them when they actually go and use it. Because if you're a nurse, you don't care. Like you just want to, you just, I don't want my job, right? Yeah. Right. The rest is all configured in the back end. Got and lastly, then thinking about, you know, hospital settings that might be thinking about the need to engage with Alinqua to set up some of these systems. You know, it sounds like there's a good amount of knowledge they need about how people want to be notified and when, you know, should hospital settings reach out to Alinqua to start? Should hospital settings start thinking about all this stuff before they come to you? When's the right time to come to Alinqua and start to plan some of these things out? All the time. Anytime, come to us anytime. Yeah. But I mean, I'm laughing with, I joined early a few months ago, but what I found out is we had, there's a lot of very deep technical expertise in this company and I haven't done it a hundred times. You know, it helps kind of, we pretty much know pretty much what to do and how to deal with some of these challenges that we're faced. And we have big partners as well that play with us. And, uh, you know, like we're an Apple certified organization. So mm -hmm. it allows us to get access to certain features of the phone, for instance. We won the Austrian Microsoft Launchpad last year, which is a global program well, in, in Australia. So now we have uh, basically access to their offices in San Francisco. And then my uh, founder was there a couple of weeks ago, just going and, and chatting, and gives access to investors and, and people and knowledge and credits and all kinds of things. So it allows us to do some funky things. Amazing. Well, look, David, I appreciate you making the time and having a chat here. We'll put the details for a link in the show notes of this episode for people to check out and learn more about the stuff that you do. I'm looking forward to spending more time with the team now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Before you go, just a reminder to jump over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and watch some episodes there. There are podcast episodes, summit sessions, and a bunch of other interesting content on our channel. You can just search Talking Health Tech in the YouTube app or click on the link in the show notes of your podcast player and it should just take you straight there. Thank you. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.